Welcome back to Truth Hurts, where we expose corrupt politicians and lying corporate media. I'm Jake Duesenberg, your host today. We're broadcasting live from Roseville, Minnesota, in the belly of the beast. Today's episode is brought to you by Alpine Cabinetry in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Go to alpinecabinetry.com. And today's episode is also brought to you by Warren Wessel Realty. Now listen, if you're buying a home, you're selling a home, don't go to some liberal realtor. Not a good idea. Go to someone that thinks like you, believes in the mission of what we're doing, and by the way, is a damn good realtor. That's Warren Wessel. If you're buying a home, selling a home, let me get the number here. Warren's we- Warren Wessel's number 651 651- Two zero nine zero one seven one. Good friend of the show. Great advertiser. Go talk to Warren Wessel. Uh, joining me today is Mega Jesse. What are we be talking about today? Oh yeah, we got some good stuff. Already got uh, Tucker in the comments there. Good afternoon, everybody, and uh, we got some great subjects here. Uh, why we're optimistic about the future? We've got Children's MN who changed their mask policy after mm-hmm. uh, we exposed it. We got some New Hampshire numbers to get into. Uh, discussing the early call of Iowa and uh, whether that was legitimate or not. Uh, interest payments on debt is growing. Uh, there were some pro-Palestinian protesters interrupting Tim Walls, and uh, the federal government is investigating the U of M for anti-Semitism. Will we get to those all those stories? I don't know, right? Like Those <laughs> right. are the stories we're going to try to get to, and maybe if something comes up while we're on air, we'll go to that too. I don't know. We don't like to go much more than an hour and a half, try to get around an hour. We fail at that all the time. <laughs> if this is the first time watching, make sure you hit like if you enjoy this episode. And if you're on Rumble, go in the comment section. We'll read it, and you can interrupt at the same time with a Rumble rant. So let's get into the first story right off the bat. <clears throat> I had a lot of conversations recently. In fact, I would say this goes back months, okay? Um, and I'm not... Jesse, I'm not going to like go blame someone else here, okay? Mm-hmm. It's easy to blame other people. It's easy to blame people in the media. It's easy to blame Alex Jones. It's easy to blame Joe Rogan. It's easy to blame um, all the you know conservative, right-leaning websites. Our conservative movement, I think, is getting very... Um, is depressed the right term I'm looking yeah, for? Yeah, deflated. Deflated. Right. It's almost like they they don't believe that there is a chance we can solve these problems. And I get it. And we kind of feed into it talking about all the bad things that are happening. There is no doubt. We're watching a weaponized uh, FBI, weaponized government in general. We're watching uh, the court system go against the leading presidential candidate. And Mm -hmm. we see the court system going against January 6th people. We see economic issues. We see World War III. I get it. I understand but I want to share my optimism. And I'm not just saying this to bullshit you. This is called the truth hurts. If I didn't believe this, I wouldn't be saying it on air. Okay. But I'm actually very optimistic in the future. I'm not saying that we're not going to have some bad times. We're definitely going to have bad times. Right. But there's two reasons I'm very optimistic. Okay. First one, new media. Like, look at this. Look at this show. The show's doing well. We have a big audience. We're getting to new people every day. Um, if you go back 10 years ago, People had, they had to basically go to network and cable news. And I was just seeing this report uh, recently, Jesse, Mm -hmm. even Fox News instituted a vaccine mandate amongst their uh, staff. Right. So it's like, you can't, it's not like Fox News is someone you can trust, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And the only people who can get out of a vaccine mandate like that is someone like Tucker Carlson, the guy who's getting all of their views. That's the only time that, you know, someone can, uh, you know, get out of that whole thing. But yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable when... 
Uh, supposedly the leader of conservative media, Fox News, is mandating the COVID vaccine that tells you everything you need to know. Uh, it shows you that uh, the establishment, the mainstream media, they don't have our interests in mind. And that was 10 years ago, the conservative media. It was like, I mean, other than Rush Limbaugh, I mean, I guess right. we dealt with the airways, but the, the federal government really had a um, um, a lot of say what went on the airwaves. Mm-hmm. So nowadays, with just how fast we can stream things and put stuff up, you know, because I, I still remember the days not that long ago. You guys are young, but... You couldn't even FaceTime people. That was like technology that the bandwidth of the internet didn't allow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, I, actually, I remember the day, and some of our, fault, our audience would understand this. Uh, you'd send a picture, and it would come in pieces. Like you couldn't even see the whole picture. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. grandma's, or uh, you know, grandma got an, a picture from a grandchild, and you know, the thing takes five minutes to download. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're up on dial-up. So, yeah. So. You know, the internet has opened up new media, okay? Joe Rogan, a comedian, a cage-fighting commentator, is dominating all of the major media outlets, right? He's got a bigger audience. He's got, like, what, 10 times the size of CNN? Probably way more than that, okay? Mm -hmm. So new media, to me, is the greatest distributor of new information. Now, part of the reason I think a lot of our people are in despair and kind of thinking that we can't turn things around is because we're getting more information than ever, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're learning more about like the government didn't just all of a sudden come so corrupt. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys saw this, but on, on Martin Luther King day, um, actually it's on the action for Liberty's uh, Twitter page. Dawson, if you could pull this up real quick. So the FBI wanted to honor Martin Luther King jr. On Martin Luther King day, right? Which was l- last Monday. And so they actually have this like post and thank God to Elon Musk community notes. The the people on Twitter universe, which I think that's basically community notes, is people that mm-hmm. want to opine on something instead of just having a fact checker, you know, and tells you what you need to know. Keep going down right there. Martin Luther King Day. You look at that. There's the, uh, the community <laughs> notes down there. It says, uh, readers added context. They thought people might want to know. And it says the FBI engaged in surveillance of King's attempt uh, – if King attempted to discredit him and use manipulation tactics, I'm sorry, reading a far screen. I guess those were commas. So basically alluded to the fact that, yeah, the FBI was spying on Martin Luther King, the leader of the civil rights movement, found out that the guy had extramarital affairs. Then they actually crafted a letter, sent this to him. My friend Dave Benner um, posted this on Twitter. It was a really good post. And basically... It exposes or uh, basically was alluding to Martin Luther King should take his own life. That was mm. the FBI in 1968. So I get it. Like, I am not turning a blind eye to what's going on right now. We had Waco, Texas in the 90s. You had Ruby Ridge in the 90s. There are so many cases where the government's gone way beyond their scope of power. It's not like it's just all of a sudden happening. Okay. It kind of feels that way. And. There is no doubt a big grand scale when you're talking about the major presidential candidate. But I think with new media, more and more people are waking up to it. And that leads me to my second point and why I am very optimistic. Because voting still matters. I had this meeting with somebody yesterday and and, and the person said, I'm not so certain voting really matters anymore. I go, if that was the case, then yes, I would not be optimistic. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But voting does matter. And here's how we know voting matters. Because politicians are still making politically calculated decisions. Kings don't do that. Dictators don't make those decisions. Mm-hmm. But when uh, politicians still make politically calculated decisions, that means voting matters to them. Because they all, they all have this formula. All right? They know that there's a small faction of the electorate that literally can change the scope of an election. You have, well, in some states, 20, 30, 40% of the people that are eligible to vote don't even vote. They don't even register. They don't register and then they don't vote. Mm-hmm. And then there's a certain faction that always votes Democrat and a certain faction always votes Republican. And in the middle, there's a small faction of people and it ends up being only about 3% that changed the dynamics of elections, right? Mm-hmm. I always argue when you're uh, running for office, by the way, you don't just focus on these guys. You also got to motivate your base, right? Because part of the equation is, yeah, there's a certain amount of people that vote Republican, certain amount of people that vote Democrat. I would always want you to go get the people that already believe in what you're doing and turn them out to vote. Mm-hmm. But regardless, independents still matter, right? Or people that could switch. I, I shouldn't even say independents. Like, like mm-hmm. technically, I could still switch a vote, right? None of us are beholden to one type of vote. So it still matters. They still answer that 3%. 3% plus 1, if we're being honest, because it's really about 6%, right? I'm sorry. I, I, I screwed up the numbers. It's about mm-hmm. 6% in the middle. You need to get 3% plus 1. Right. So we know this still matters. And here's how we know it. We know it in Minnesota because the con artists, the six legislators who voted to protect Governor Walls' emergency powers after in 2020 voting against them, right? Five of them have either been unelected or have retired because they saw the writing on the wall and there's only one left, Dave Lizagard, and I'm telling you what, that guy's days are counting when it comes to the legislature. Mm -hmm. So pretty much six people will be gone because they know they screwed up and they were against their electorate. So votes do matter. Voting does matter. Now, here's another thing. It might seem at times that you can't change the dynamics of the presidency, okay? All right, I'm not going to get into trying to tell you your vote for Donald Trump, your vote for uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, whatever it is, is going to make the biggest difference in the world. But I'll tell you what was going to make a difference. The lower-level votes, for sure, 100%. If you're in Texas and you go, this border is out of control, and you voted for a Texas legislator and a Texas governor who just literally decided we're not waiting on the federal government more, we're going to take this in our own hands. If you voted for those people, you are solving problems right now. Here's the other thing. People see Minnesota. They see some of these other states. They're like, oh, I don't know if we can ever win anymore. Ohio was a swing state. Mm-hmm. Like, last election cycle. Ohio looks solidly in the Republican side now. Florida went for Obama. Florida in 2012 went Barack Obama and Ron DeSantis had a 20-point margin in Florida. I'm telling you what. Voting still matters. Do they cheat on the left? Yeah, they cheat. And there's actually people on the right that cheat too. No doubt about it. But it's not so widespread where we can't win another election. Don't ever let someone tell you that. If that was the case, I wouldn't lie to you. I would tell you that's a problem and we would have to do something about that. But right now, it's not as widespread where we can't win another election. I think Florida is a great case in point Mm -hmm. because that's a massive state. And Ron DeSantis had a 20-point margin of victory. Mm-hmm. And once again, Obama took that state in 2012. And it was razor thin in 2020, right? Everyone knows the hit. 
the hanging chads of the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. So voting absolutely still matters. Now, here's how we solve our problems, and then we'll go into some of the news today. Literally, if we just sit around and complain and do nothing about it, yeah, we will never be able to impact elections. We will never be able to impact anything in politics. What politicians, what the global elite want you to do is do nothing about these problems. Listen, truth hurts. We talk a lot on this show. Okay, yeah, I get it. We talk, but we're telling you action items. You know, we had Eric Mortensen here on Monday night, now the president of Action for Liberty, telling you to go to caucus on February, uh, on Tuesday, February 27th in Minnesota, if you're a Minnesota resident, by the way. Not everyone here is. By the way, if you're in Iowa and you went to the caucus and you just said, hey, bird brain, Nikki Haley, you're not my gal, mm-hmm. and you voted for somebody else, you just said to the establishment, sorry, your endless wars aren't our thing, and we're going to get into why she's not going to win in New Hampshire. She's a... She's really got no path except for them trying to throw Trump in prison. And I don't Mm -hmm. think they'll get away with that stuff either. Oh, yeah, no way. And, yeah, speaking of prison, like you were saying about uh, with the uh, Martin Luther King Jr. thing, with the FBI posting that on their Twitter, I mean, uh, some audacity for them to do it because how ironic, how uh, sneaky and sleazy of them. It's such a misrepresentation of uh, what really happened. And it's whitewashing history. It's trying to... uh, uh, make people not even think about it. I'm sure the modern day FBI is not in favor of uh, going after Martin Luther King Jr. But but they uh, are for January Sixers. <laughs> oh yeah, because absolutely. think about this, Jesse. The modern day civil rights fight mm-hmm. is really more broad than just the color of your skin. Right. Right. I I love the heroes of the the 1960s civil rights era, the Rosa Parks of the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Great freedom champions. Mm-hmm. To, I would I think it's ridiculous the left pretends like racism is so rampant nowadays. It's not. It just is we're a different culture and a better culture for that mm-hmm. that one part. The modern civil rights um, movement is way more widespread than just the content or the, the color of the skin. It is literally we are watching our Internet rights being taken away. We're looking mm-hmm. at our economic freedoms being taken away. We're looking at our speech being taken away. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, the modern-day MLK, because you're right, Jesse, mm-hmm. I don't think they have a problem with MLK now. Right. But the modern MLK is the January 6th people. I shouldn't say the January 6th people. Let's let's be honest. There are some people that deserve to be prosecuted in January 6th. But the mm-hmm. vast majority of mega people and the president of the United States who says mega Republicans are the most dangerous thing facing our country, which mm-hmm. is bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. Right. And you're right also that, uh, you know, all of this is on the news now. But if you meet the majority of people in your life, if you talk to your neighbors, if you talk to regular people, uh, the majority of people are humanity is uh, for the most part good. And, you know, before we had the World Economic Forum, you know, the Bilderberg group was uh, having all these meetings for decades and decades and decades. So uh, these secret societies, even though we're able to expose it now, all of these things were always going on. And, well, but, uh, and, and Jesse, you're right. And, mm-hmm. but, and, and and I'm not trying to like diminish like the WEF has got problems. They want you eating freaking bugs. Yeah. Right. They don't want you to own anything and they think you'll be happy. <laughs> right. These are real threats. I am not undermining these are real threats, but don't stand there and go, oh, we can't do anything about it. The only way that they win is if we don't do anything about it. They mm-hmm. want us depressed. They want us thinking we can't do anything. Right. There's way too many of us. Mm-hmm. Way too many. It's not like they're going to send in the military, take us all out. The military's full of patriots. I was just at a friend's deployment party just recently, reminiscing with some people I served in the military and people I didn't know. There's still patriots in that military, mm-hmm. right? Even people in law enforcement. For sure. I'm not saying they're all good cookies. 
you will have the Nazis that will just be following orders. But I'm telling you, we have so many patriots, and we also have guns. You know, mm-hmm. that's the that's why we have the Second Amendment. So you got to look at this from an optimistic standpoint. You got new media. Voting still clearly matters. There's more of us. So the only way they win is we do nothing about it. So mm-hmm. when I tell you about these threats and Jesse and I get into the news stories, we're telling you this stuff because I'm, these are things that we need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. But if we do something about it, I'll give you another damn good example. Yeah. Look at what's happening in pushback to DEI. This is a story. We didn't even have this on our list today. Uh, Dean Phillips. Yeah. Who is the Democrat, one of the Democrat challengers to Biden, literally took DEI off his website because one of his big donors, mm-hmm. who impacts if he can get elected, Bill right? Ackman. Right. Bill, Bill Ackman, Ackman. Yep. literally said that's bullshit. He's an opponent of DEI. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing the DEI and the woke culture all going up. Like, you, you screw up uh, Bud Light, we won't buy Bud Light anymore. Look at the yeah. power we have. Mm-hmm. How can I not stand here and look at this and go, damn, we got a good future. <laughs> We're standing up to these bullies. We're standing up to this bullshit. Mm-hmm. We just have to understand that there is so much power in the numbers, but we can't sit at home. We have to get active. So if you're in Minnesota, February 27th, the beginning of the political process, you can go to actionforliberty.com, learn more about that. Look at the YouTube channel. You'll see the video that Mortensen did. It's it's really it's one of the many different ways we get active and steer politics in the right direction. I am really mm-hmm. bullish on uh, on America's future. Now, with that being said, we're gonna have some tough times, no doubt about it, right? Like interest rates spiking. We'll get into that story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, woke wokeness in schools, real serious issues. There's no doubt about that. But we show up, we will dominate, and Minnesota literally can go back Republican. You know, I was mm-hmm. I was I came over from Wisconsin in uh, 2005 and. Mm-hmm. Minnesota looked a lot better than Wisconsin. People think, like, Wisconsin's this great thing. Wisconsin can go back the other way, too. Mm-hmm. South Dakota. South Dakota had Tom Daschle in the, <laughs> in the 2000s. That was the Senate Majority Leader. Mm-hmm. Nevada had Harry Reid. Yeah. Like, I'm just, you know, California under Reagan. Reagan was the governor of California in the 60s. Like, mm-hmm. things change. Um, yeah. And I think with the advent of the Internet, when you look at the impact of media on younger generations, and I say younger, like my generation below, like it is not towards this totalitarian leftist craziness, right? It's more towards common sense people, very anti-rhino, um, MAGA, if you will, kind of mentality. So I'm very mm-hmm. optimistic about the future. Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. I yeah, had all these conversations And recently. on top of that, uh, like you're saying, you know, voting definitely matters. And, you know, these politicians, they know that voting still matters. That's why... They're out uh, knocking doors. That's why, uh, you know, they're, they're holding town halls and meeting with the BPOU. They know that they have to win over the grassroots or, uh, you know, at least the uh, people who are involved in the political process, because if they don't, uh, their career is over with. And uh, so, like you're saying, uh, sometimes if the pressure is there, uh, they can be held accountable and vote the way that they're supposed to to protect our uh, liberty. I want to get to uh, some of these comments here we got going on in the Rumble chat here. Uh, uh, I see uh, Dawson put in there, Warren Wessel Realty, just a reminder for you guys, that's 651-209-0171. Uh, we got the Gray Matters Show. Don't know if you guys have uh, been in our live chat before. Appreciate you being here. Says Fox News is controlled opposition. And uh, the Gray... There's a lot of truth to that, actually. Yeah, the Gray Matters Show. I actually just started checking out your guys' uh, channel there. I'm seeing you guys got some uh, cool interviews here. Looks like you guys uh, recently had Representative Danny Nadeau on... I love Danny Nadeau, and uh, he's he's a man's man, and I think very highly of him. 
Uh, so I, I can't wait to check out that interview because I'm, you know, I'm a Danny Nadu Republican. That's how I define myself. Uh, and let's see, Brad Ganser. Sarcasm much? <laughs> maybe. Uh, Brad Ganser says, we can win by unifying around a clear set of initiatives. Number one, permanent reduction of taxes and fees. Number two, energy independence. Uh, two more Minnesota nuclear power plants. Uh, number three, one legal voter per verifiable vote. And number four got cut off there, Brad. So going to have to send number four again. We got K-Wall for life saying cheers. Cheers to you, uh, K-Wall. Napkin 8 says disband and rebuild all three-letter agencies. K-Wall for Life says we're voting absentee in 2024. For some reason, I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't believe K-Wall and T-Wall are voting absentee. Uh, we got the Gray Matter show again. Uh, are they, uh, let's see, or are they being told to keep up the facade that voting matters? No, voting de definitely matters. There's no doubt about it. And uh, if we all just decide to sit out, then we're 100% letting the Democrats win. Uh, we got Napkin 8. Klaus Schwab said in the future we won't be voting. F.U. Davos, 100%. Uh, North MN, a staunch liberal just told me that he's voting for Trump over the failure at the border. That is exciting news, and I think a lot of people are uh, seeing that shift with different people. Uh, let's see. Tucker says uh, Klaus Schwab can sit at the end of my rifle. <laughs> he says... Uh, Tucker also says Nikki Hillary. Tucker, well, I guess he's not a... Well, don't say that kind of stuff. My yeah, God. Jeez, Tucker. right. Uh, North MN says, you're right, Jake. We must fight, especially here in Minnesota. Uh, K-Wall for life. Republicans haven't held a statewide office in two decades, but nothing is impossible. Uh, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Uh, establishment Republicans don't want to win over the grassroots. They want to lie and pull the wool over your eyes. That's true. Uh, T-Wall for life. Coming in with a rumble rant here. Thank you very much. Late payment. Great topic today. Okay. That's... Jeez, you're reading every stinking comment. Yeah, Not everyone, but most. Oh, looks like you're reading them all. Okay, let's let's move on here. We got to talk about some stories. Um, let's go. Well, okay, so just at, you know, this is a great case in point. Okay, pull up the story on the mask mandate challenge, Minnesota. Okay, if you don't think we can be effective, here we go. We do a story on this on Monday. I don't think a lot of the media covered this. I think Bring Me the News I saw did one on this. Um, not certain if anyone else did. We did a story, we talked about it on a show, and I'm alerted to one of our uh, uh, fans, I think it was the next morning, hey, I read your article, but the policy doesn't uh, say that on their website. So we went and looked, and they literally changed it. Now, do I think we take full credit? Like, were they just so worried about truth hurts? I have no idea. I think probably more likely it pissed off people at Children's Minnesota, probably actually employees, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. And then they stood up, they rose up, let their voice be known, and they changed it. So let's look at this policy change here. Scroll down here. The initial um, policy guideline, this was going to take effect on Tuesday. The initial one um, said that uh, anyone, if you look, um, I should have I highlighted this. It's the third bullet point down. It says masks need to be worn in situations such as and then it's a sub bullet. Masks are required for all patient care interactions. All, like literally anything you do, needs to. At Children's Minnesota, you got to wear a mask, which makes zero sense. It's not backed by science. Look at what was posted the next morning. Basically, the day that it was implemented, they got rid of that whole um, sub bullet point. Hmm. So it just starts with when a child has a diagnosis that requires masks to be worn, which maybe there is. 
because there's bigger particles that that would go in like not covid because covid goes right through cloth masks and they make no difference so there you go right there people rise up they say we're done with this anti-science bullshit because let's be honest what masks are it's just a signal that you you follow orders right there's nothing backing it mm-hmm. people rise up and they change policies I freaking love it. That is, that's what I want to see every day. And that, that should happen in droves. Okay. So here's other people rising up New Hampshire. We got to get these numbers. Mm-hmm. What the hell is going on in New Hampshire? I mean, Nikki Haley says it's a race between two people after she <laughs> took third place in Iowa. Yeah, that's right. I, I don't know how anybody can claim that it's a two way race after you get third place. I mean, that, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. I, I don't know where she's getting that from. I mean, it's not like DeSantis had a, a standout performance in Iowa. There's, there's no doubt about that. He didn't, come out looking great. Nikki Haley was just barely behind him. So she does have a point there, but what's her uh, idea now? She wants to basically uh, make everybody forget about DeSantis. She wants to make him irrelevant. That's why Nikki Haley is refusing to debate DeSantis because she doesn't want to give him any more oxygen. She doesn't want to take any more attacks. Uh, And she knows that if uh, DeSantis gets any kind of media attention in New Hampshire, he's going to be eating mostly out of her uh, numbers. So Mm -hmm. Uh, Dawson, let's go ahead and pull up uh, some of these numbers here. So go ahead and pull up the uh, 2023 poll that's on line nine. Uh, because what I wanted to show was uh, th- this is an interesting, uh, uh, go ahead and scroll down there. Dawson is going to be on page uh, page one of uh, that. So right there. Yep. So those were uh, what the results were back in uh, January of 2023. As you can see, Ron DeSantis was in the lead in New Hampshire at that time in 2023. 42% uh, followed by Donald Trump at 30% and then Nikki Haley at 8%. Uh, so as you can see, back in uh, January 2023, the Republican primary was a whole different picture. It was you, uh, completely different. Do you remember if Nikki was in the race at that time? You know, I can't remember when she announced. You know uh, what? I don't think DeSantis was either because we were uh, we reached out to see if DeSantis wanted to come in the Minnesota. We would have headlined him at a Christmas event in 2022 mm-hmm. so either he announced right away in january or they were just they could kind of see the writing on the wall because you know let's be honest these guys aren't quiet right but they got liz cheney up there too so they thought maybe she was getting in right yeah and i'm just looking at it now nikki haley apparently announced her uh, campaign for president in february so this poll was about a month uh before then uh yeah. but she was at eight percent and uh like i said Ron DeSantis at 42 percent at the time he was considered to be uh the alternative and uh but let's go ahead and look at uh, what's gone on very recently. One of the most recent polls for 2024. Uh, line 10 there, Dawson, on uh, the sheet. Uh, and what we'll find uh, here is that the race is a completely different picture, and it's going to be on page two. Uh, yep, question number nine there. I'm not sure if you're able to zoom in there at all. Uh, but it's a completely different picture. Uh, as you can see there, uh, Trump is now over uh, 50%. Uh, well, DeSantis... DeSantis is down to uh, six point. What does that say? Five point two. Yes. Five point two, and then thirty three point eight percent for Nikki Haley. So uh, that means that this entire race is flipped on its head, where uh, Trump is now up twenty points from where he was just one year ago in this uh, Republican primary. Uh, DeSantis is down something like uh, what was it? So he's at he's down uh, seventeen points. Nikki Haley, she's up, but uh, that's only because a lot of the DeSantis voters have lost faith in him, so they've moved over to Nikki because she's the new never-Trumper. Uh, but I, I don't think that Nikki Haley has any kind of chance there because uh, a lot of these polls underestimate uh, the turnout that uh, Trump has had. 
Uh, if he's already at 50% in this poll here, I imagine he's probably uh, looking more like that 50 to 60 point range. There has not been a single poll where Nikki Haley is leading on Trump. There's been one fake poll out there that has them both tied at 40%, but there isn't a single poll yeah, that but shows Nikki Haley bear, leading. That, that poll, because that wasn't the one in the thread this morning? Uh, maybe. Yeah, that one's fraudulent. Right. That one. and that, uh, Dawson, I put on line 11, uh, the real clear politics average. I think we should look at that to kind of get reference here, because this, this is a good job, Jesse, and I like the fact you referenced where, where it was a year ago, because that's really good context. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the, even the most recent polls. Which one was that one? The the one you were looking at on the NBC website. What did it say, Dawson? Go back to that. I'm just wondering if Real Clear's got that. As I see, the timeline is 116. Go go all the way to the top. <coughs> all the, is that the top? Oh, oh, uh, there it goes. It yeah, says Boston Globe, PRC, NBC, Boston 10. Globe. Yep, it's in here. Um, although this is Trump at 50. Did that one say? Yeah, that, that one was 50. 50. Okay. So go back to, yeah, real clear politics. So you can see Trump, he's got a 12.8, um, average spread, um, as of now. But if you look at the most recent three, it averages out to over 14. And you could see this real clear when you go down to, uh, um, the graph you can see. So Haley has been climbing. Everyone knows that, but Trump climbed as well out of Iowa. That's why Iowa matters, right? Is you get some momentum, you know, Haley, in my opinion, is not going to win New Hampshire. I got mm-hmm. a question. Go ahead. So when it comes to this kind of thing, the pattern that I'm noticing is like, look at this massive jump in Haley. Mm-hmm. That looks like a rise that could be consistent but trump has stayed plateaued like this pretty much the whole time does that matter or is that just whatever what what that says to guys like us and you see where the time frame is it's probably around september it's a shift in the uh campaign strategy Hmm. so they start going all in i mean ron desantis didn't put effort into new hampshire ron desantis went pretty much all in in iowa Mm -hmm. he put a big ground game i think he spent the most amount of money not most of my time, Vivek, I think, wins on that. That's why Vivek had to get out because, mm-hmm. quite frankly, he put he went to 99 counties twice. Yeah. So Can't win more than 7.5% doing that. You so is that any. symbolic of how Trump hasn't really done anything campaign-wise? No, he's been doing some rallies and everything. I mean, but Nikki Haley, she's been obsessed with New Hampshire. She's been going to all uh-huh. these different town halls. That's where all of her energy and all of her focus is. She got endorsed by the... Rhino governor, governor there, uh, Chris Sununu. Uh, so she's got a lot of the backing of the establishment within New Hampshire. But uh, also another thing that I'm seeing in New Hampshire, some of the Rhino establishment types are also falling in line behind, behind President Trump because they understand that Trump is going to win. Uh, so a lot of these Rhinos are opportunistic. They're siding with Trump just when they realize that I better get on board or I'm going to get run over. So uh, there's some of that happening where I think some Rhinos are going to uh, – vote for Trump out of fear, which is fine. However, they're voting for him. I'm fine with, but, uh, and you know, like I was showing though, from a year, Trump is up 20 points from where he was in January right. of 2023. That means that he has built the case. He has rebuilt, uh, the MAGA movement because obviously there were some people who were skeptical of him that were looking at Ron DeSantis, but Ron DeSantis is down to 5% here. How does somebody go from, uh, you know, 42% down to 5%. Because I think it's literally the campaign doesn't give New Hampshire any chance. Like, they, they basically don't have the 
assets and the resources there. Mm -hmm. That's how it happens. Right. And, you know, one big thing about Iowa that was so interesting, because uh, we, we know DeSantis poured all of his money into there. He spent $4,200 per vote he got. Yeah. That that, that's unbelievable. That That's the worst campaigning I've ever heard in my life. You know, usually campaigns, you hear him say, oh, we spent maybe $5 per vote or something like that. But, but see, for him to spend 4200 I mean, it shows that people just don't like you if you have to spend no, $4,200 per vote. No, I don't know if that's necessarily vote. the case. It's just that he's 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 trying something that's impossible the only way his strategy would have worked is if trump literally didn't have the influence he's got but mm -hmm. he's trying to straddle both sides see haley's i mean she's not as adamant about about this as chris christie but she's clearly the never trumper guy right mm -hmm. that's why like Rand paul's got the never haley or yeah. never nikki whatever it is mm -hmm. so you know, there's only so many lanes you can run into, you know, in people's minds, right? You Usually it's the typical the establishment lane and the outsider lane. Well, in this case, <laughs> Trump's like the establishment. He's got the established vote, the, the va largest faction, right? She's going the real clear, like, policy-wise establishment. She's going the never Trump, the, um, the like big big government republican especially when it comes to uh, war efforts mm -hmm. so what vivek was trying to carve out is this new space this like space of the lost libertarian liberty wing mm -hmm. you know maybe mega people that think trump trump was great but we need someone new and that that exists right mm -hmm. he just didn't he didn't for whatever reason get enough of those and then you got ron DeSantis. he's like well i kind of like these people over here in the establishment uh uh, so I won't speak too much bad things about war effort, mm -hmm. and I need their money, but I also love the MAGA people, which I think many regards as heart someone in that, that category, the MAGA people. And mm -hmm. it just didn't work. Yeah. It just didn't work. So, you know, Nikki but Haley. But so his personality, too. That, that's why I'm saying he has to spend so much money yeah. because, you know, it's just people watch him in those debates, and, you know, maybe it's even a good thing for DeSantis not to have to debate Haley, but it, it is making him uh, slightly irre uh, irrelevant. Uh, but you know, th just the way I see it for him to have to spend that much money means that this is not a campaign that, uh, anybody would be able to afford. Nobody can afford to go to every single state and spend $4,200 per voter. Uh, so obviously DeSantis is going to pick and choose, uh, which states he thinks he has a chance in, but, uh, I'm not sure what his case is. And, uh, you know, Nikki Haley does have a better case for trying to go after Trump, you know, at least, uh, when you look at the numbers, but. Uh, well, you I'm and I were sure. talking about show prep about mm -hmm. Vivek spending what? Would you say seventeen to thirty million dollars his own money, something like that? Yeah, right. Like, how does he, like, what does he think about that now? Yeah, I know he's got a lot of money, but it's like, right? That's a ton of money. Well, his profile went up big time, and you know, I was showing you before right. the is show. It, is that, that the way he's looking at? Like, my profile went up, and I think so. I mean, did he get seventeen million dollars worth of uh, media attention? Maybe, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe. You know, it, it, I don't know if it was uh, all that bad of an investment, but let's see here. I'm seeing another uh, rumble rant here. Brad Ganser says uh, the Never Trump faction has been whittled away from e uh, with each indictment. His growth surged with the mugshot, and that's yeah, true. true. I think Very that. You know, DeSantis probably would have a better chance if Trump didn't have all these indictments, and DeSantis didn't handle that the correct way when the Mar-a-Lago raid happened, when uh, when um, the indictments were coming in all across the country. You could see that DeSantis didn't necessarily want to talk about it. I can see he's saying, well, that's not my issue. But the problem is that is the issue of the country, and you have to be able to address it. And uh, I always said DeSantis needed to go out there, 
say, I support President Trump. He was a great president. I'm just not sure if he can win. I'm the guy who can win. If he said that over and over and over again, DeSantis might still be leading in New Hampshire, but instead he's at 5% because he doesn't know what he's doing. And uh, the problem is uh, he, he's just not himself. He, he's trying to be something he's not on the debate stages. He's trying to smile. He, he's not a smiler. You know, that's not his style, and that's fine. You know, maybe he is more like a, you know, like a Mike Pompeo type. You know, Mike Pompeo, he's, he's not a jokester. He's not Mr. Fun Guy, but he's a smart, intelligent guy who's going to tell you what he thinks. If that was DeSantis' style, maybe he'd be in a better chance because we'd say that's his personality, that's who he actually is, but instead he's trying to give us a, a character version of what we think, uh, of what he thinks we want to see. Here's what I think right now. Even if Nikki Haley pulls off this victory in New Hampshire, and she's not going to, okay? She's not, right? Mm-hmm. But even if she did, I don't think it's going to matter. Now, I'm not saying she's going to drop out. Nikki Haley's not dropping out. She's playing the long game. She's hoping that her crony uh, uh, investors basically find a way to get Trump off the ballot mm-hmm. or in jail or something. But Nikki Haley, uh, there's no shot. Even if she wins New Hampshire, yeah. she absolutely has to win New Hampshire purely to get the storyline to give her some you know, momentum. Mm-hmm. I mean... The spin in Iowa is just laughable. Oh, it's a two-person race. No, it's not. I mean, it's not even with DeSantis, and he's the one that was in second place. Uh, Dawson, let's go back to Real Clear Politics, and they got the numbers from Nevada and South Carolina. Now, Nevada's next in line. You mm-hmm. can scroll up there, Dawson. You'll see a little tab on the top. You see where it says Nevada right below the headline. Uh, right up. Go up a little bit to the right, to the right, to the left, to the left. Sorry, guys. I'm sick. <laughs> I'm doing so best. this is the numbers in Nevada. Trump's got a 70-point uh, support, 58.5-point margin. Not very heavily polled. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse, explain what's going on in Nevada. There's only a handful of people on there, and this is the funniest yeah. dynamic. All right, yeah, Dawson, go ahead and on uh, line 13, go ahead and pull up that link there. It's just the Wikipedia page for uh, the Nevada GOP caucus and primary, uh, but it gives a lot of good information, and it's, uh, you know, I use Wikipedia as a source sometimes, and when you... Uh, and, and actually what you'll find in a lot of political Wikipedia pages, a lot of them are pretty accurate because it's literally just updating it with information that uh, this is what's going on. And it's not as much of a, a philosophical thing where you can debate uh, where does, you know, like if, if it's a person on Wikipedia, that's a tougher one. But go ahead and scroll down there, Dawson. Uh, just a little bit, a little bit more. Uh, we want to get to the uh, candidate section. Yep, right there. So just that first section there. So what's going on in Nevada, they have a system where they're having a primary and they're having a caucus, but the primary is not going to bear any results that are going to matter because the uh, Nevada GOP has said we are not going to, uh, you know, use the results of the primary. We are only going to use the results of the caucus. But when candidates filed to run in Nevada, they had to choose. Are you going to file for the primary or are you going to file for the caucus? Now, what did the majority of these candidates do for whatever reason? They decided to go into the primary. That is meaningless. So there's a couple of people who, uh, you know, most people have never heard of, but uh, Mike Pence, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, they're all going to be on there. If I was a Nevada voter, I would vote for Hirsch Singh just because that's a guy who dropped out and endorsed Trump. Uh, But if you uh, look at what's going on with the caucus, then there's only three potential candidates that uh, the Nevada Republicans will be able to vote for in that caucus. And those are the only people who can win delegates to the Republican National Convention. We got my man, Ryan Binkley. We got Rontanamo Bay, and we got Donald J. Trump. So I think that that's going to be uh, an election where, where do the Nikki Haley people go? Uh, If they're in Nevada, who are they going to vote for in that caucus? Maybe 
Ron DeSantis, maybe Ryan Binkley, but I think a lot of them might not even show up because they, they say, well, I don't have a candidate in the running. Uh, so what does this show me? I think that uh, Nikki Haley is trying to tell all the media, she's trying to get all the message out there that South Carolina is next after New Hampshire. Well, let, me, let me just... Uh, but yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's, let, all, it's a lie. Exactly. And let me get to this real quick. So this is uh, the real clear politics on Nevada. Um, CNN's got the larger sample size, so we're going to go to that one. It says, the question literally is, if the Republican presidential caucus were held today, please tell me which of the following people you would be most likely to support. It's got Trump, DeSantis, Nikki Haley is still on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. She only gets 6%. So Trump's at 65, DeSantis is 13, and as you allude to, the 6% that said Nikki Haley is moot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ramaswamy got four, Pence got three, uh, Chris Christie two, Scott... Uh, whatever. So anyhow, they're displaying the results here with the people that are actually just eligible. So it's like Nevada is clearly not going to go the direction of uh, Nikki Haley. It literally can't by by um, rule. Mm-hmm. So then you go to South Carolina, as you're alluding to, which is Nikki Haley's mm-hmm. home state. Yeah. So it's like if she's got a chance, here's her chance. All right, mm-hmm. well, South Carolina's numbers, why don't we pull those up there, Dawson's tab right next to Nevada. And the real clear politics average is Trump up 30 points. Mm-hmm. Nikki Haley is in second with 22. More recent polls show her around 23, 25. Mm-hmm. DeSantis, DeSantis doesn't have a path going forward. I don't know what DeSantis is doing at this point. Right. I mean, his only path right now, he should be talking about Nevada, not me. You know, DeSantis should be the one out there saying, you know, I'm moving all my focus on to Nevada now. Uh, you know, he, he should basically say, forget about New Hampshire. I'm not going to get anything there. I'm going all all in on Nevada. That's the only effort. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that he has a chance, because, uh, you know, if he uh, decides to try to play the New Hampshire game and then, uh, you know, the Virgin Islands come after uh, uh, Nevada and then finally we get to South Carolina. Uh, so, you know, we might see a couple of extra losses added on for Nikki Haley. That's not going to be great momentum, uh, and especially not great momentum for DeSantis if he continues to be a second-place candidate. Nobody wants to vote for a second-place candidate. Everybody wants to vote for a winner. Yeah, and I think the Haley long game, and maybe DeSantis playing this long game, or DeSantis doesn't want to see potential supporters just going to Nikki Haley because he probably hates Birdbrain, mm-hmm. and he'd probably endorse Trump over her. But they're playing the long game because there's some polling that shows that if Trump was to be actually, um, uh, I wasn't going to say charged, um, convicted, mm-hmm. convicted of one of these charges, his support would drop precipitously, but I don't buy that for a second. Yeah, I don't because he's got the talking points. He'll mm-hmm. get the media, uh, in his face and he gets to say what he wants. That's the funny thing about the media is they go to the court cases. They go to every different indictment that comes down mm-hmm. and he gets to talk and he's freaking smart. That's the thing about Trump. The guy knows how to message. Yeah, and it's hard to predict how people are going to react to things like that. You know, for the most part, if somebody is a conservative and if, if somebody thinks that uh, Trump isn't, uh, if, if they think that these uh, are politically motivated in any way, then usually they're going to look at it and say uh, the indictment and the, uh, uh, you know, any prosecution or uh, decisions made on are not going to be good. So, I think that a lot of these people who might even say that, you know, oh, I might not vote for Trump if he's convicted. I think a lot of them uh, don't know what it's actually going to be like in that moment when it actually happens. And I think that uh, it's not going to go as people expect it. And it's not going to uh, 
it's it's just going to be more of a more of a show than uh, than anything else. I imagine you know th- this is all just a show to tell us not to vote for Trump. Uh, right. I think th- that's how I see it. And I'm seeing uh, instant zipper ball lifts as uh, Rontanamo <laughs> Bay. I love it, Jesse. Appreciate that. And uh, let's see here. Brad Ganser. I've met a lot of Nikki supporters. They're out of the suburbs in St. Paul. Uh, K Wall for life. Unlucky you, Brad Ganser. Uh, what Rush famously called low information voters. That's true. And um, well, I, I mean, I, I, I would, I would push back on that. Um, Nikki Haley's getting support because you have to be honest. There is um, uh, establishment faction. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's a TDS. That's that that does persist in the Republican Party. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got people that literally love war and debt and big government in the Republican Party. Um, and I wouldn't say that they're necessarily low information voters. Um, they, they have information and they're acting on that information and that information mm-hmm. is very against the MAGA agenda. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that is where she's getting support. Now there is a lot of story and a lot of talk about the Democrats that are, you know, caucusing for Nikki Haley and going to enter the primary and. You know, I'm I like to tiptoe around that one because it's like, shouldn't we want Democrats switching over and coming in our direction? <laughs> now, if they don't have any intention to ever be in the the uh, Republican Party long term, I guess there's a point there. But you know, I remember Ron Paul. That was the thing they accused in Ron Paul's campaign in 2012 was, oh, there's Democrats voting in it. It's like, yeah, because his message is about liberty, and they're Democrats that care about liberty. Like li- literally, look, like you get the the Bill Mars of the world that actually literally care about free speech mm-hmm. and the left has gone so crazy right but the democrats that are coming over to nikki haley i'm a little worried about that one man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like the warmongering democrats which is crazy mm-hmm. so yeah that that to me is a little cautious um mm-hmm. here's one other thing i want to get to before we go to those stories um desantis is complaining about the media mm-hmm. calling the iowa caucus what a half hour and we were live mm-hmm. on air and in our notes um Someone's or sorry, in our comment section, someone's like, they already called Iowa. And we're like, they did. <laughs> so we updated the thing and I was called. I mean, it's called right away. I mean, mm-hmm. I understand why, because it was pretty obvious to all of us. Mm-hmm. Actually, it wasn't obvious to Mort, was it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. No, he actually had Trump winning, but he, he was hopeful for Vivek. <laughs> he was you hopeful know? Vivek he was would hopeful. have a solid second place. Yeah. But they uh, they called it early and, you know, people are still waiting to vote in the caucus. What's your take on that, Jesse? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I hate to agree with DeSantis, <laughs> but, you know, we're I do see it as election interference, and I do see uh, the potential for, you know, but this is an, an election interference that goes in both ways, you know, because I could imagine a Trump supporter saying, well, you know, they look at their phone, they say, well, why am I even here? Trump already won. I don't need to be here. Uh, that was the, a speculation. The, people but would then be like, the DeSantis people would also say the same yeah. thing, you know, so I, I could see it in both cases that, you know, maybe some Trump people and some DeSantis people and Nikki people, maybe all kinds of people decide to leave because they realize there wasn't any chance. And, you know, the media shouldn't be doing this. They shouldn't be doing it based on exit polls. Uh, they knew that this was maybe going to suppress some votes. They knew that, uh, you know, this might even change some votes. Uh, and I, I think that it's not necessarily the best way of doing things. I think what they should be doing is wait for, you know, uh, a decent amount of the results to come in before calling it, even though we already knew it was going to go for Trump. Uh, but you could see that the media, they all had it in the bag, ready to do it right away. You know, they wanted to be the first one. Uh, but even then, it, it's even a little bit more than that. I think they wanted to discredit DeSantis. Anytime that they can dunk on DeSantis and Nikki, 
uh, not necessarily Nikki, but uh, anytime that they can dunk on the Republicans, they're going to do. Right. Uh, and, you know, we've talked about before, maybe the Democrats even do want Trump to be our nominee because they see him maybe as the easiest to beat. So the media might have that perspective as well. Yeah, but then why why all these charges against them? Is they think it just purely comes in the general election time? I guess, right. I guess it does when you look at the calendar, although he's on trial during the primary season. Yeah. By the way, he'll be in trial in March, and he'll probably have things wrapped up by then. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's go to the story here. Uh, this is so funny. Uh, Tim Walls, Governor Walls is at a... Uh, at a MLK remembrance or um, some, I, I think it's is it an orchestra or something like that. He's at some event remembering MLK and you get pro-Palestinian protesters interrupting the show and calling out Tim Walls. This is worth every, every penny, this <laughs> video. You got it oh, ready yeah. to go, Dawson? This is so funny. If you haven't seen this, watch this. This is on Monday. Let's take a chant. You can't hide. We charge you with genocide. There's a bunch of them. <laughs> is she signing? I don't know what she's doing. That lady up on the stage, is she signing this? Look at this lady. The signer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you get it. Wait, you know their chants are so annoying. The left's chants. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just so funny to watch this. I mean, literally, this is another thing. That's all they have is chants. Yeah, that's <laughs> you all know, they got. Th- th- that's basically what they're thinking about the protests. You know, they don't have the they don't have the ability to have a real conversation. They just want to scream at people. They just want to have something that rhymes. That's all they have. Right. You know, no Trump, no KKK, no fascist USA. That that's that, that's that's the left right now. That that's all they have. They, they just find, you know, can we rhyme it? <laughs> you know, can we rhyme it so that we can all sing it together? It, it's unbelievable. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Well, the left uh, add that to the list of the things where the left don't get along, right? Mm-hmm. Like people are always like, "Oh, the Republicans are always infighting." Oh, uh, look at the left right now. By the way, left infights too, okay? A yeah. lot. And there's another thing, like my opening monologue, if you will, is about how you raise yourself up and all of us rise up and we actually affect politics. Well, that's happening on the left right now. Like literally Biden has changed his policy on Israel because of the left rising up. Mm-hmm. 
All right, uh, let's go. What's this story? Feds investigate the U of M anti-Semitism. It seems like a good segue to that story. Yeah, Tell let's go ahead and uh, pull up that article there, Dawson. And uh, it's just an interesting thing that I was uh, digging into because Richard Painter, known crazy man, <laughs> you know, th this guy, he's kind of a, would you call him a Apparently perennial? Apparently a uh, brilliant legal mind, though. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but he obviously felt the need to do something here because uh, him and another uh, faculty member at the University of Minnesota decided to file a complaint against the U of N uh, describing anti-Semitism that's going on on campus. I mean, I don't know if that's actually going on. If, if you know, Dawson, I know you, you, you're a graduate from the U of N. Did, yeah. did you see or experience any anti-Semitism? Uh, man, gosh, the, the Jewish scene on the U of N campus and specifically the College of Liberal Arts campus, which is what I graduated from, is like so tense because jews who like keep kosher and all that stuff can't even eat there like they just opened up the first kosher restaurant on mm -hmm. campus for students so it's like the most anti-semitism that i saw there would have been from assholes which is normal um but then also like the university system for really wanting jews to be there tries mm -hmm. really hard to make jews not happy there from my experience and because you're putting it in your own personal experience being a jewish guy jewish by choice not by ethnicity does it matter in this regard i don't even know n n no if you saw me on campus back in the day you'd be like look at that jew <laughs> i don't think i would say that <laughs> i i you know wore the the kit but i mean that's why i wear a hat you, wait you were a kip it's Kippa is what it is in Yiddish. It's a yarmulke. Yarmulke, otherwise, right? Uh, okay, you um, did. You wore that? Yeah, and the tzitzit on the side. The no fringes. way! Where are the <laughs> tunnels? Tell us where the tunnels are. There, are, <laughs> yeah. there actually are tunnels at the U of M. Yeah, yeah, there oh, are. Yeah. And they're yeah. the best. They're awesome. Yeah, yeah, they are. You know, I, I, uh, so I went to uh, University of Wisconsin River Falls, but my last two years of college, I drove to Minnesota because I was a ROTC cadet. And um, my junior year, I would park right off of 94 because, you know, I won free parking, right? Mm -hmm. And I would have to hike 15 miles across campus to get to the armory because there's all frats uh, by the armory. There's no place to park over there. So um, my senior year, you know, because it gets freaking cold in the winter, right? Mm -hmm. My senior year, someone alerted me to the tunnel system, and it was, like, revolutionary. Like, <laughs> wait a second. I don't have to freeze my ass off because I'm in, like, PT gear, too, right? Mm. And, uh, yeah, the tunnel system. So it's not just Jewish people in the <laughs> U of M that yeah. go in tunnels. Right. Not like Manhattan. <laughs> mm -hmm. but, yeah, no, and I imagine that, you know, since the October 7th attack and everything, and since, uh, you know, the war between Israel and Palestine – I'm sure, you know, that's what sparked all of this, because I guess the complaint was filed in uh, December. And now it's interesting to me that the U.S. Uh, Department of Education is deciding to investigate this. Apparently, the Department of Education is looking into, you know, several universities. This isn't the only example, uh, but it's, you know, usually it's a pretty big deal for the Department of Education to be investigating university. That's a big deal. And, uh, you know, I, I I don't know what to make of it. Jake, what do you think is going to happen with this? Do you think that this is a true investigation that they're trying to uh, hold the university accountable? Do you think that they're going to uh, 
hold them responsible in any kind of way? Or do you think that this is basically just to check a box and claim that they did something? That's a good question. I have no idea on that one. Um, I'm just looking. Is Richard Painter Jewish? He was raised Philadelphia, Kansas City, blah, blah, blah. Painter received BA. It doesn't say his religion. I wonder if he's Jewish. Mm-hmm. By the way, so you guys understand who Richard Painter is. I put it on the last line there, Dawson. This is his infamous campaign ad when he ran for, what was it, the Senate? Well, we'll or find out when Congress? we watch this. Well, he's run for Congress and he's run for the Senate. I think this was his U.S. Senate ad. The infamous dumpster fire. This thing is just, this thing is gold. Watch this. Some people see a dumpster fire and do nothing but watch the spectacle. Some are too scared to face the danger. Or they think it will benefit them if they just let it keep on burning. Others shrug and say, Oh, all this talk of a dumpster fire, it's just fake news. There is an inferno raging in Washington. But here in the land of 10,000 lakes, we know how to put out a fire. I am Richard Painter, and I approve of this message. <laughs> I don't know if he what actually a, had the yeah, Halloween theme. What a weirdo. Do you think he had the Halloween theme for real? No. I don't remember the Halloween theme on that, so someone probably took the liberty on that. But that was the commercial, by the way. <laughs> wow. Uh, by the way, Richard, if you're running again, just call us over here at Cherry Tree Studios. We can make you a better commercial. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no kidding. I hear he's a good legal mind, though. I mean... He was in the, he was, let's see, this is Wikipedia, American lawyer, professor, and political candidate from 2005 to 2007. Painter was the chief White House ethics lawyer in George W. Bush's administration. By the way, he's mostly a Democrat, um, but he's in the the, uh, U of M law school, um, long storied career, I guess. I mean, he was a law clerk for um, Court of Appeals, Ninth Circuit. Yeah, I mean, apparently a good legal mind. Not a good. Sometimes people can't make that transition from like good professional in the private sector to a good candidate. Mm-hmm. Really, really quick. Do you want to see a picture of me being Jewish? Yes, a hundred. This was my this, this was my eighteenth birthday party with me and my friends at oh my house. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Let me see if I can. Hey, get rid of my uh, yeah. thing. That's that's me right there. Being wow. very Jewish and young, playing Pokemon Monopoly. Drinking root, drinking I always thought you were boys. faking it. No, <laughs> no. Hmm. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, big shocker, uh, Jewish kid playing Monopoly. Dude, I was so good at that game. I still am. I, you know, I just all saw someone. Books. I think it was like a comedian. It's like, can you ever win at Monopoly? Has anyone ever won? Yeah, but it's like a five-hour game unless you're really good at it. Hmm. Um, what was the last story we had here before we wrap things up? Yes, uh, I did. Win. Interest payments on the debt grind. I'll just cover this real quick. Uh, go to this story real quick. Uh, this is on Daily Wire. Um, this is a story I've been talking about for a long, long time. And when I say long time, like over a decade. But the eye-popping interest payments spike on our national debt. So this is a story. I don't think it's enough attention. But we have literally seen, because interest rates have gone up, a huge jump to the point where in... Let's see here. Net interest payments on the national debt hit a whopping $659 billion in fiscal year 2023, marking a massive 39% jump from 2022 when the government paid $475 billion in interest on the national debt. So we're over $700 billion. If you go to um, usdebtclock.org, you'll see it's over $700 billion. 
we're quickly going to be uh, at a trillion dollars. We're going to be over defense spending. So, mm-hmm. yeah, big story. Um, we'll probably be talking about this stuff for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. All right, we want to thank our sponsors. You know, I just got one. I got a video that I really want to show us. I, I got all uh, forward this Extended over to hours. Dawson. This yeah, is the Mega Jesse show. Just, Why not? This is just really good. And uh, here, Dawson, I'm going to have to email it over to you because uh, – I just had a problem with my laptop. Here. What is the story about, or what is the video about? It, it's it's a funny video of uh, the New York City mayor. No, uh, yeah, Eric Adams. Yeah, Eric Adams. That, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just sent that over to you, Dawson. But no, this is this is a crazy video. It's a resurface video, uh, and it's basically Eric Adams showing you how to uh, how how to look through your children's room to try to find guns and drugs and all kinds of other crazy stuff. It's it it's like a like he's a like he's a villain. It's the craziest video. You know, I was ever trying to wrap the show up in an hour. It was like a thing, and you're like, now I'm pe- you piqued my interest. I have this, to see this, this now. I, I just remembered it. It, it has nothing to do with what it we're talking about. Nothing but. to do with anything, but it's just a great way to close it out. I think I think everybody's gonna appreciate. It. And this is a video you gotta see it if you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> All right, let's watch this. This is uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams. You can look in a jewelry box, a jewelry box of this nature, maybe a simple jewelry box, but if you look through it closely, you don't know what your child may be hiding. For instance, a gun. Look at picture <laughs> frames and behind them, cameras. Try to determine what's, what's taking place. Behind a picture frame, you can find bullets. You should always, when your child brings in his popular knapsack with many different locations, look through it to see what exactly is your child carrying in addition to a book. Something simple as a crack pipe. Something simple <laughs> as, a, as a baby doll. Could be just a baby doll, but also it could be a place where you can secrete or hide drugs. Put your hands over the pillows and see if you feel anything that's unusual. Like a pillow like this with a button is a perfect invitation to hide something. And I've felt something bumpy. I will reach in, see what it is. Just look and see what's inside it's good. the bookcase. A gun. It could be more than just books. Perfect place to hide a uh, cocaine <laughs> that's so is awesome. that crazy what the hell did i just watch what, yeah that, 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 was, on I, that I don't fully know i just knew it was a public service announcement where he was putting it out there you know i don't this know this looks if old like, yeah what, what, what was his role then what was he, he was a state senator so he was a state senator when he made that and you know i don't know if like the, <laughs> oh the games God. were <laughs> getting crazy or something but like how is that going to work on anybody? It doesn't make any sense. It's the weirdest thing that I've ever seen in my life. It's like, it's so bad that you think it's scripted and that you think that it's fake. And, you know, all of a sudden, what's he pulling out of the books? Cocaine. He's finding a gun in the, in the, in the pillow. It's that, you know, a crack pipe in the baby. You know, <laughs> what is going on in that video? When your 18 year old son comes home with a baby doll. Yeah. <laughs> right. Check it. Uh, that's probably as effective as dare. You know, yeah. You know, I, I've all my friends who smoke pot, I've gone to them and I said, what is going on? We took a pledge in sixth grade. You're yeah. not honoring that pledge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not my joke. I heard that somewhere. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I just saw that thing and I thought that is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. I, I don't, you know, it, I don't know how uh, common place he thinks this is. <laughs> you know, it's like. Actually, I do know some people. I think they're actually in the comments section that probably have a house similar to that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, man. Uh, all right. Well, let's end it there. Um, we'll be back on Tuesday. What is uh, is um, New Hampshire's on Tuesday, right? The 23rd. Uh, that, oh, wait, wait. What day is that? Isn't it the 23rd? That sounds right. Uh, yeah, yeah, Tuesday night. So we'll I be Tuesday so. night. Should we do New Hampshire uh, live at in the evening? 
Uh, Plus, it's East Coast, maybe. so we'll get results quick. All right. We're planning an evening show on Tuesday. We want to be live for some of these um, uh, results coming in. Yeah, it was and, fun. And it was a lot of fun. On oh, yeah. And one, one last comment I wanted to get to here. I saw that uh, the Gray Matter show had said, uh, Mag and Jesse, you're going to love our interview with Danny Nadu. Our, <laughs> and it, sound, it sounds like uh, the Gray Matter show has their own Jesse. He says, our Jesse took it to him and put him in his spot. So I would definitely love to see Danny Nadu, you know, They're the manly Jesse. man. He, he's the definition of masculinity. He's a macho man. He's a super stud. He's an Adonis. He's a sex symbol. You know, he's a heartthrob. Danny Nadu, you know, if, you know, I want Danny Nadu for VP. Trump <laughs> Nadu, right? <laughs> oh, man. I don't, I don't even know where this came from. This is so crazy. And by the way, there's no other Mega Jesse. Like, what are they talking about? They're Jesse. That doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it. Thank you guys for the Rumble Rants. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you like this on a Rumble. Let's other people know in the algorithm. And we'll be back, it looks like, Tuesday evening with New Hampshire results. Take care.